dear as I lay dying. Well, this is a season finale to remember. And I do remember when Nikki and I originally watched this together. And this was where Netflix ended for the Vampire Diaries. <laughs> After this, it was all bootlegged links and lots of buffering time. I mean, allegedly. Sincerely, Bridget. Dear as I lay dying. You had some pretty big shoes to follow. And you know what? You did a good job. While the last episode had us crying and wowed at the spectacle, this episode gave us more to chew on. <laughs> Sorry for the ripper pun. Sincerely, Nikki. Welcome to Dear Vampire Diaries, where today we have the distinct pleasure of escorting you through this episode of The Vampire Diaries, Season 2, Episode 22, As I Lay Dying. I'm your host, Bridget, and my guest host today is... Nikki! Auntie Nikki's here! Have no fear! <laughs> we won't be delving into future episodes, but we will be discussing this episode, As I Lay Dying, in detail. You've been warned. Speaking of warnings, we have a content note. The Vampire Diaries contains heavy themes. Please check the episode description for trigger warnings and resources. All right, Nikki, this episode needs no introduction, but this is the episode where more than one life hangs in the balance as the consequences of the sacrifice ritual play out in a horrifying conclusion. Do you know if this episode aired together, like a two-part finale, or if they actually made people wait a week? They made people wait a week. Wild. What a wild choice. <laughs> I know. I, it's interesting. I was thinking about it because, like, obviously the last episode seems like a finale, like a proper finale, because that's when yeah. all the shit happens. But this is when all of the emotional shit happens. This is, like, the emotional right. climax for the characters. Yeah. And it is kind of neat that they did put this second instead of being, like, big finale, Klaus is a thing, blah, 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 blah. And then they were like, by the way, here are all the storylines you actually care about, like, Stefan's personal journey, Damon and Elena's feelings. Right. And also, it's, like, like my... <laughs> crude introduction, bad pun, uh, inferred, uh, that it, like, it gives you things to look forward to in the next season. Yes. Like, it has questions and it leads you on to be like, don't you want to know what's going on? Whereas the last episode <laughs> is like, everything's sad. <laughs> Everything sucks. People are dying. <laughs> this is, some things are sad, but mainly, what the fuck are we doing here? <laughs> um, Nikki, speaking of what the fuck are we doing here, give me, uh, the name of a supernatural thing. <laughs> A phoenix. Give me a noun. Bread. All right, give me a verb ending in ing. Toasting. Give me the name of another supernatural thing. Mermaid. Fantastic. Give me the name of another supernatural thing. Sorry, my D&D brain is going through a Rolodex right now. <laughs> Goblin. Fuck yes. You are my favorite person to do many things with, including Mad Libs. <laughs> okay, give me an adjective. Cozy. Give me a verb, past tense. Wrote. Give me another verb. Kissed. For kiss. Give me another verb. <laughs> um. Yes. <laughs> Drive. Give me a verb past tense. Killed. Give me a, a sound effect of, of someone, uh, what it would sound like if someone bit a wrist. Crunch. Crunch. Give me a bodily fluid. Uh, <laughs> pause for the PG-13 rating. <laughs> Tears. Give me a verb. Mm. Light? Give me a verb past tense. Broke. I shall read you your masterpiece. <laughs> I don't know why this time my head was entirely in the gutter with all of these. <laughs> it's kind of meant to be. I feel like Mad Libs are perfect for that. <laughs> for sure. You were still quite creative, though. Thank you. Previously, on the Vampire Mad Libs, you must be Elena. How do we look exactly alike? You're a Petrova Phoenix. You're the bread to toasting the curse. 
Klaus is a mermaid born from a goblin bloodline. The curse has kept his goblin aspect from manifesting. He'll be cozy during the transformation. That's when Bonnie comes in. If she can deliver him to the brink of death, I'll finish the job myself. I had a family. Klaus hunted them down one by one. He wrote to them across the seas where their bodies could not be found. I didn't kiss them at sea. Their bodies are safe. If you kill me, you'll never drive to them. Bonnie and Stefan both say no as Elijah <laughs> runs off with Klaus instead of killing him. Damon says, who's going to save your life when you're out making decisions? And Elena says, I don't want to be killed. Works. Mm. There is another way. Crunch. <laughs> what are you? Damon, no. And Damon says, I fed her my tears. Stefan says, but she'll come back a mermaid. How could you take that choice away from her? Elijah says, she'll never like you. Damon says, Tyler Lockwood broke me. Yeah, he did. Ooh. Catherine says, a goblin bite can kill a mermaid. The d, &D campaign I didn't know I needed. Oh my god, amazing. <sighs> so, uh, alright, well, we start the episode. Uh, you need no further introduction. <laughs> Nothing, no Let's other Let's get into it. <laughs> Clearly, you listener know exactly what happened last episode. <laughs> and we start the episode as we shall end the episode, which is being worried about Jeremy. Um, Elena is peeking into Jeremy's room and then she wanders into Jenna's room and it's really sad and visceral. We got a little bit of this earlier in the season when she visited the cabin uh, where her parents used to be. Yeah. Sad. Also like the picture of Rick and her on the yeah. nightstand. Again, makes me wish that we just get more general, we just got more Jenna in general, but. And then Damon shows up in the hallway and he says, that'll get easier, which you know, yeah, but people don't need to hear that right now, bud. Yeah. Um, but also he follows it up with, like, well, you know, more than, like, most people. Yeah, like that's very true. How this process goes, like, but also, like, yeah, like, you don't need to be telling yeah. her how this goes. She's, um, unfortunately lost quite a few people at this point. Yes, exactly. And he, he makes an attempt to have her forgive him, but it's very yeah. heavy on the please forgive me part. Um, and she's like, I just need time. Yeah, and the tragedy of it is, like, being the viewer and knowing that he doesn't have time and yeah. him being like, yeah, take all the time you need. Mm-hmm. Sad. Uh. <laughs> Sparing her, supposedly. And as a very depressing Sarah Bareilles song plays, Damon goes back home, takes the finest bourbon out of the back of his stock, drinks the good stuff. I and... literally wrote drinks the good stuff. Ah! <laughs> I I have a note that says I wish that the song playing had been I'm walking on sunshine. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> but that's not the show. The show is not that weird and ironic. Yeah. Because David no. goes to stand in the sunshine and he's gonna he, he's chosen to end his life rather than face what he saw Rose go through. Right. But Stefan jumps in and he's like what are you doing puts him down in the dungeon cell he's like you're not dying today very quickly yeah and like ted lasso damon says what's the plan superman and <laughs> he's he's going to uh try to find a, a miracle uh what's the word nikki miracle cure i think C it was. Cure? cure 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 hmm. Yeah. Neat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and we move on. Then we move so, on. So. <laughs> but I do love in this moment that 
Damon, you know, Damon has kind of come to some sort of peace with this. Yeah. Where he's like, just tell me goodbye. Yeah. And like, you know, there is this level of were this not a TV show, how many miracle like miracles can you have? Right. Like finding the solution to the thing. Exactly. Especially after they just had this big moment of saving Elena. Yeah. How many more people are we going to have to bring back from the brink of death in this episode? Right. Mm. (laughs) Let's count them, shall we? Yes, we shall. (laughs) Oh, boy. So we go to the woods. Um, This is all, like, super gorgeous. This shot of Klaus, like, waking up naked in the woods. Oh, was it, Bridget? Why did you enjoy this scene so much? Well, I don't know. Maybe it has to do with the fact that Joseph Morgan... With his true, I'm fanning myself. Um, with his cherubic face, just like wakes up like naked and dirty, and like in the leaves, like it's it's almost biblical though, like because he has such an angelic face. It's very like Garden of Eden vibes, and Elijah like throws him a fig leaf. He's like, put this on, um, and <laughs> because he's literally a new creation, like he's never experienced yeah. being a werewolf before, and Elijah brings up. The full moon came and went, and you remained a wolf. Yeah, and now Klaus has this awareness of like, oh, I can change at will. Elijah's like, that's great. We have a bargain. And <laughs> Klaus is like, oh, yeah, what was that again? He's like feigning like, oh, what was the bargain? And Elijah's like, I don't have time for your shit. Yes. Tell me what's going on. Where is our family? And Klaus kind of has him on a string here because Klaus has all of the leverage in this situation. Exactly. Because like he says, he says, you tried to kill me. And Elijah's like, but I didn't, yeah. specifically. And Klaus says, now no one can, including you. So Elijah is a man of honor, but is he stupid, Nikki? Okay, thank you. I was also going to say that because <laughs> we, I understand he had to make a split decision here in this moment. I don't remember if we mentioned this last episode or not. Elijah, knowing that they were still there and not at the bottom of the ocean, is immortal, could have found them. Yes. So we didn't really need Klaus. We didn't really think of like, and then what? Yes. I feel like the the saving your family or saving your brother motivation is a little overused because it's u- it was used to change everything last episode and then it's going to be used at the end of this episode in a way that we will talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Cool. Uh, oh, another note I have is that, mean, like, how cool must this be for Klaus, though? Sorry, I'm a huge fan of Klaus. Of course, right? I'm going to just, like, fan Well, it's also interesting because, like, for Klaus, like, this is... I know he's the bad guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever. Makes him the most interesting. I can't help but fucking love him and root for him. Yes. He's had this part of himself locked away his whole life. And now he's able to turned into a wolf which for him is a very natural thing exactly and that must be so freeing sure he uses it to like kill a bunch of people and that's not (laughs) it's not great but yeah good for him but if you think about it too like being a vampire for thousands of years you'd get so bored you're like yeah i can compel people i can have whatever i want blah 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 and then he gets to have this new supernatural experience fucking dope man right like, things probably get, like, kind of monotonous, you know? Yeah. Like, there's only certain numbers of ways you can kill people as a vampire. For I'm sure. I'm sure he's gotten creative, but... <laughs> yeah, with his witches. <laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta keep the excitement alive. He's just looking for a new experience, man. I was gonna say no harm, no foul, but, you know, Janet died. You know, that's a problem. Harm. But, like... Many fouls. 
<laughs> murder most foul. Um, <laughs> what I was thinking is like, he's he seems to be very aggressive. We haven't met any of their family members yet, but Klaus seems far more aggressive and far more into killing mm-hmm. than Elijah does. Like, Elijah is very refined. Elijah probably isn't above kill. I mean, we know he's not. But, like, Klaus is a little bit more, like, into the rage and into the whole Ripper thing, which we'll see later. But I wonder if that's because he is part werewolf. Like, we saw that with Tyler Lockwood as sort of, like, explaining his, like, aggression and, like, Mason saying, like, how you need to, like, learn how to channel your rage into something, like productive and like if you sports, don't I guess. have to do that surfing you know if you're this all-powerful being yeah. with an older brother that will clean up after you yeah but i do wonder if that's part of why klaus is the personality that he is because he does have that werewolf edge of like Rrr. that's really cool i've never thought about that but i think that that makes yeah. a lot of sense because he's not just an asshole he's got anger issues yeah like all tragic hotties yeah <laughs> so we go to the grill where speaking of tragic hotties um Alaric, t- like, takes the full bottle from the bartender. And you know those moments when they're like, oh, it'll be faster to just give it to you rather than to argue with you. Yeah. <laughs> she just lets him have it. She's like, all right. And um, Alaric gets a call from Stefan, and Stefan's like, I really need your help. And Alaric's like, oh, I'm not allowed to help. I think I'm just allowed to sit idly by while uh, my girlfriend is sacrificed on an altar of blood and death. Yeah, we see in this episode both him and Jeremy having moments of like, you left me out of this. And honestly, was it the right call? Yes, 100%. They would have gotten in the way. But also, I don't blame them for being angry and a little petty about it. Yeah, for sure. Especially when they're like, oh, you need my help now? But then when yeah. Stefan is like, Damon's dying, Alaric is like, what do you need? It's Damon. It's Damon. <laughs> my buddy. Oh my god, Nikki. We go to the 11th. You're all caps in the script. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that you appreciate me screaming. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we, this is the 11th big event of season two. There are 22 episodes in season two. 11 town Jesus. events. 50%. A solid 50%. What was last season? 20%? It, it was it was more. It was like 14 out of 22. Okay. So, still less than season one, but still, people are... It's a lot. It's a lot. Participation has not gone down despite the many, many deaths and massacres that this town What has. do you mean? It can't go down. No. It is mandatory. <laughs> yeah, like, okay, people are fully dressed up for this. Yeah. Also, they just had, like, a member of the community die. (laughs) I know that's, like, not a rare thing for Mystic Falls, but, like, okay. Yeah. It's it's bizarre, and it's, like, I have to wonder if these are hired actors that Karen Lockwood hired. Oh, my God. New new headcanon unlocked. Yes. 100%. Yeah. (laughs) She's she's hiring actors from out of town to come in and populate the city. Well, we don't have that many people coming from out of town anyway. So, like, yeah, probably when your population starts to dwindle because everyone's dying from vampires. Which is why later on we see her so mad at Liz because this is getting expensive having to hire actors. (laughs) Exactly. It's not the conservation of life. It's the conservation of dollars. That makes way more sense for Karen. But going back to uh, Damon, you know, being like, well, you know better than most. Elena has grief down to kind of like a schedule. She does. She's like... 
we need to get out for three hours and, like, forget about life for a minute. Yeah. She's dragging Jeremy to go watch Bridget's favorite movie. <laughs> that's my that's my angry giggle. My, my rage giggle. Um, he calls it a girl movie. And I'm like, you mean a white people movie? Okay, moving on, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, what Elena says about grief, though, I, has stuck with me for a long time. Like, ever since we first watched this, I've never forgotten it where she says, we need to do this. Breathe, eat, sleep, wake up, and do it all over again until it's just not as hard anymore. Mm. oh yikes but then our caroline ray of sunshine shows up and are you surprised that she's not also decked out in a full gown and hat with all the stuff i think she would have been had it not for jenna dying solid like she is our evolved caroline so she's like i need to be here for elena and jeremy yes mrs and also she's probably a little distracted and probably doesn't want to go home to get her shit because of her mother But she brought a picnic, and I, I love when Jeremy is like, ooh, what are we eating? And she's like, something good. But the writers don't want to show anything, so we move yeah, on. Exactly, they didn't have the budget for food. But actually, in this scene, though, too, she explains why she likes Scarlet, which is like, she's like, we made it through the war, Atlanta has burned, my mom knows I'm a vampire now, and yet we persevere. And so I'm like, oh, okay, I kind of do get why Caroline loves this protagonist. Like, we get more out of it than what we've seen in the past, right. where she's just been like, pretty dresses. We move on to the House of a Hundred Witches, yep. where Stefan has asked Bonnie for some help. And Bonnie's trying to ask the witches to help Damon. Which, big ask! Big ask. Big <laughs> ask. specifically Emily. Like, how amazing and terrifying is it when Cat Graham just, like, turns into Emily? So good. I thought that, like, Cat Graham yeah. did such a great job just switching into Emily. Yeah, and, like, we haven't seen Emily all season. Like, this is, like, from season one, very much her mannerisms, her voice, the whole thing. Yeah. Like, it's, like, super creepy and awesome. Yeah, and when Emily comes through and Stefan's asking for a cure and Emily says, there is no cure. This is about balance. Yes. Like, nature requires balance. And Stefan calls her out and he's like, this is not balance. Yeah. This is a punishment. And basically, like, if it wasn't Damon, That's would right. you be helping me? And Bonnie starts to get a headache um, because yep. the witches are pissed because they think that she's abusing their she power. Is. Which, to be fair, <laughs> yeah. she totally is. Yeah, yeah. A hundred percent is. Yeah. <laughs> but how many of those witches in life didn't also probably try to use their power for personal gain? I mean, easy to say from the other side, ladies, but... Yeah. She says, I heard them say a name, though. Klaus. And he's like, close? Oh no. That's not good. So we go to Nikki and mine's favorite scene of the entire episode where Liz Forbes is in her office and uh, Karen storms in and she's all like, you're not doing your job. And she threatens to fire Liz. You know, this is why we call her Karen. To Um, be fair, after the end of this episode, because of the events that happened, Liz should definitely be fired just in general. We will get there. I will try to keep my opinions tampered. True. Karen doesn't know quite how correct she is. Uh, So we go back to the Gone with the Wind screening and Elena sees Stefan and she's like, oh, look who couldn't resist an epic romance, which is so sweet. Um, And then it actually had me think, Nikki, do you think that vampires get triggered by watching movies from the past? Oh, for sure. Like, that's not accurate. Yeah. That didn't happen like that. 
They never would have worn that. <laughs> History buffs get they, irritated by shit like that. Imagine living through it. You'd be so fucking mad. No, they would be the worst to watch movies with. Or the best. <laughs> but Stefan's all down to business and he takes Elena aside and he's like, listen, Damon was bitten by a werewolf. And Elena's like, what? And Stefan's an amazing boyfriend because he's telling her, he's telling his girlfriend yeah. to go make peace with his brother who he knows loves her. He just has this heart of gold where I feel like, yeah. I don't know, I think it's important. We have made progress, Stefan. Yeah. Like this whole, like from season one, Stefan, or even like early season two, Stefan, of being like, no, you can't hang out with him. I am threatened by him. And of like, you shouldn't know things. Like now he's like, I have to go and talk to her about stuff. And I think it's important for us to remember this version of him, especially by the end of the episode and like the heart of gold that's in there. Let's just, let's just. And we move on. (laughs) (laughs) Buckle up for season three, kids. Oh God. But it is weird that he does tell her to go see Damon when he knows that he's going to be hallucinating and is a sick vampire. Did we learn nothing from Zach? Did we learn nothing? To be fair, I guess he would, he wouldn't have assumed that Liz would have shown up and opened the fucking prison cell. Good point. Good point. Good point. Good point. He had no way to know. Because, like, Alaric did a great job with, like, making sure he didn't get out. Yes. But also, yeah, it's a, is it, is it a huge, like, oops. maybe not a great idea? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Big oopsie. Maybe, like, been like, hey, meet up with Rick. Make sure you guys are, like, not alone with him because he's, you know going through it yeah there is a thing here too um and it comes up later when damon is on his deathbed basically where stefan's saying you know i forced him to become a vampire and i owe that i owe it to him yeah to save him yeah and it's just this thread that just runs through this relationship of stefan's yes. guilt and no matter how many times damon needs to tell him this is like my life i make yeah. my own choices and he even says it later that it wasn't Stefan's fault. Yes. He sort of realizes it, like, on his deathbed. Yeah. Or or maybe yeah. he's been realizing it for a while. Um, but it is interesting that Damon has a lot of... It's almost like he's doing some soul searching while he's sick. Like, uh, there's a great episode in Avatar where Zuko has, like... Uh, a, a really tough time like with like a fever and he's really sick yeah and and he like sort of goes through it's sort of like a metaphor for his like inner yeah. conscience sort of boiling over um and i think that's what damon is sort of having as well well it's not really a conscience it's more like he's going through his toxic power dynamic with Catherine. yeah and i think it's like a reconciling between his human self and his vampire self yes very much so yeah oh, i love it um so Okay, I have to ask you, Nikki, because you have a vanity and I don't. Do you ever feel like Catherine Pierce when you're getting ready? Um, I would if I had any sort of pretty mirror over my vanity. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I currently don't. I have like a little like stand mirror so I don't feel quite as glamorous as I could have. <laughs> it's my new goal in life is to get a vanity, put on corsets and just like sit there but i would also feel like i was in like a movie if i was or like the like season one elena if i sat at my vanity brushing my hair that's already like perfectly straight and be like i'm sad (laughs) but i'm fine yeah right i'm fine i'm fine i don't know what i don't know what you're talking about um (laughs) so in this hallucination damon is looking over Catherine's shoulder and she's all spying on a lady is very poor manners 
and just classic. Who also left her door open, just mm. saying. She for sure wants him to be spying on her. <laughs> Any other woman, I would say no. Catherine, though. Catherine Pierce. Yeah. yeah, her hair is perfectly done. She's just sitting there in her undies. <laughs> Old timey yeah. undies. And she's okay. like, my corset strings are knotted. Can you undo that? <laughs> it's just amazing. It's it's so bad. It's it's like a it's like a good fan fiction. Anyway. And in this hallucination, when Damon goes up to her, she's talking about him going off to war and we go, you know, we have of course the future or the present and the past co- coalescing as we always do in the vampire diaries. Um, but in this case, you know, she's talking about him going off to war and he's saying that she's going to be fine with Stefan. And we see Elena appear in this hallucination and she's saying that she's toying with you. All you had to do was say no. Say no to polyamory, kids. If this was actually polyamory, (laughs) it would have been so, so, okay. (laughs) So many things could have been She says to him, is it wrong for me to want you both? And I'm like, no, it's not wrong. But the way you're going Super about wrong. it. Yeah. The way you're going wrong. about it, very bad. Very bad. Um, <clears throat> so we go to Alaric's apartment and Stefan is, comes in and Catherine immediately is like, she's like, two days I've been waiting. I'm supposed to be free of Klaus's compulsion. Is he dead or not? Can you imagine being Catherine this whole time? Fuck. Just waiting. Oh, God. But then she vamps Stefan up against a wall and she's like, shh. And she's like, Klaus, you're back. And he comes in, and <clears throat> do I love Klaus just because he's British? No, like, is that he why? has this uh, severity in his gaze. Yes. That is really the thing. Also, um, now I can talk about it because they're in the same scene together. Um, Klaus and Stefan have some serious tension, Ooh. and I think we need to talk yep. about it. <laughs> <laughs> it needs to be talked about. Yep. Um, the fact that Klaus wants Stefan more than anything else we've seen so far. So true. <laughs> it's very true. And like, we don't understand wild. it. Like, but he, he's so cute with Stefan. He's like, why you just keep popping up, don't you? And I'm just like, popping up. And then like, what am I going to do with <laughs> yeah, you? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, but yeah, Elijah defends himself when he sees Stefan a little bit because Stefan is like, you know, judgy eyes. And Elijah says, you understand how important family is or you wouldn't be here. Klaus is saying he'll reunite me with my own. And he says, and so I shall. Dagger! Who could have guessed that Klaus would betray Elijah? Backstabbing him? What? Keeping his word, but in some sort of loophole? Never. So out of character. That doesn't sound like him. No. Elijah, but, it's not like you know him super well or anything. Yeah, wild. But <laughs> Stefan says to Klaus, he says, make, you know, I want to make a deal. I, I need you to help me save Damon and I'll do whatever you want. And I smirk. And Klaus is like, ooh, anything, anything I want. Fantastic. Um, Maybe we don't say that to the guy that can compel vampires. <laughs> and he starts pouring some blood. And he says, well, the thing is, you're no good to me right now. You're just shy of useless and Catherine it's interesting watching Catherine watch this happen oh my god this whole thing with the three of them in this room and Catherine watching them is fascinating yes especially because like she has loved Stefan for so long because of the sort of innocence that she saw in him and she's watching him descend into this animalistic thing that we'll talk about later but like 
she does have this moment where she says he's just trying to help his brother. It's like a very uncatherine like thing. And that's what's really good about it. Yeah. So back in the dungeon, our, fav- our other favorite boyfriends, um, Damon <laughs> and Alaric, uh, <laughs> where Alaric comes to visit Damon and he tells him that his subconscious is haunting him and Alaric gives him a double shot. Yeah. And his ring. And his ring, convenient, um, unnecessary, yeah. but I guess he is trying to keep Damon from walking into Killing the sunlight. Yeah. yeah. And Damon says that. He's like, so you're on suicide watch? Yeah. And Alaric is like, I'm just trying to like help Stefan, and he's just trying to help you. And Damon says, no, Stefan's just trying to right the wrongs of the past, which is what yeah. you brought up earlier. Yeah. And he also says, like, you should want me to die. Mm-hmm. Like, I... Like, I'm responsible for Jenna. And Alaric says, I don't blame you for Jenna. And he's like, well, you should. And he's like, let's go even further back. Uh, I changed your wife. And Alaric's like, okay, we need to drink more if we're going to have this conversation. (laughs) It's adorable to see Damon trying to convince one of his best buddies to kill him. Yeah. And it also shows, like, the growth in this relationship. Yes. Where he is like, like, Rick. I truly believe, like, doesn't actually blame Damon for Jenna dying. You know, Damon is in this desperate place where he's, you know, basically begging Rick to kill him. And then also Damon just suddenly goes, Elena? Mm -hmm. And Alaric says, Elena's not here, Damon. But what I like to think is that he, with his vampire hearing, can hear her car pulling up and knows her, like, locking sound, like the beep. Um, and he knows that she's there and it's yeah. awesome that he's like, and also, yeah, yeah. Why in like a minute he'll be like, I need blood because he realizes like the sheriffs are here. Yes. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Like he really, really does arrange this in such a nice way, even though he's super compromised mentally. Yeah. Yeah. But he's still Damon. So he still has to be compromised. Yeah. And fucking strategic as fuck. Yeah, dude. So upstairs, uh, outside, Elena's showing up, you know, in her fun little car, and Liz intercepts her. And we're all like, boo, Liz, boo. <laughs> I, I just love that, like, when she, when Liz sort of, like, uh, corners Alaric, he's like, now's not a good time, Sheriff. I wouldn't go in there if I were you. And even Elena's like, he's very yeah, sick. literally, like, <laughs> like, everybody's like, yeah, 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 vampires. But also, like, sick vampire. Beware, beware. <laughs> and Damon pulls a great disappearing trick where, like, when Liz looks in at the at the dungeon cell, she sees him on the floor. When she opens the door, he's gone. Oh, You know so I good. a vampire acting like a vampire. It's yeah, so good. It's the best. And, and as he, like, appears behind her, he goes... Liz. And smashes her fucking head against a wall. And I'm asked yeah. yet again, how are you A not dead, B not concussed? <laughs> yeah, the traumometer is just off the charts with this show. Um, So we go back to the Gone with the Wind screening and Caroline says a hilarious thing, which is, all this waiting around for news is ruining Scarlet for me. <laughs> I'm just like, I love you. Um, And I do have to wonder, they're, they are talking so loud. If I was at a movie with them, I would be like, excuse me, <laughs> shush. <laughs> well, even before the movie started, Caroline just being like, my mom knows I'm a vampire. 
secrecy. Keep your voice down. Maybe the other hired actors just think that she's a hired actor playing a different scene. Gone with the wind, but vampires. Love it. Like Pride and Prejudice with zombies. Or Abe Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. We could go on, but we won't. Something about the South and vampires is a thing. (laughs) So Alaric calls and he fills Jeremy in. And I love that as Alaric is filling Jeremy in, he's casually getting a crowbar to get himself out. He's just Mr. Competent. I love him. (laughs) Very resourceful. And then Bonnie uh, starts arguing with Jeremy about getting involved. And, of course, that's the same point you brought up earlier. And It's like, he has a point. Yeah. But also, <laughs> you would have gone out of the way. Yeah. You know? So we go back to Alaric's apartment where um, Klaus is telling Stefan a little bedtime story. And he's like, I heard about this one vampire, crazy bloke, who's on and off the wagon for years. And when he was off... It was magnificent. And uh, Stefan's like, I haven't been that way in a very long time. I know that this story is about me, okay? This isn't fun for me. <laughs> and Klaus says, well, that's the vampire I can make a deal with. Yeah, we found out that Stefan killed like an entire village. But Klaus calls him a true ripper. He asks Catherine to come here and he bites her. And yep. she's freaking out because she sees that it's like a werewolf bite. Um and then he, you know, makes her drink yeah. his blood and reveals that it heals, ah! revealing that his blood is the cure. Um, and also very smartly showing Stefan, I do have a cure. Yes. This isn't just bullshit. That's right. Yeah, because he just saw him backstab Elijah, literally. Um, and also calling back to the witches thing, he says, gotta love Mother Nature. Yeah. Which is that actual balance and yes. not a punishment thing. Yes, exactly. And I do really enjoy this expansion of the rules. Like, I think this is dope that his blood is the cure. I was watching it with my roommate and she was like, oh, that's dumb. His blood is the cure. And I was like, no, it's not dumb. I was like, I got very defensive. <laughs> the thing is, like, you don't realize like how rare that is. Like, there's never been a hybrid. So there yes. has never been a cure. But exactly now the fact that Klaus did live and he didn't get killed means that Damon has a chance to actually live. Yes. It's kind of one of those, like, Damon talks later about the, the number of choices that led him to this moment. Yeah. Like, the fact that Klaus has made it and is able to be this hybrid where now, you know, werewolf bites aren't an ultimate death. Exactly. You just have to make a deal with Klaus. <laughs> a deal with the devil himself. Ay. Maybe that's maybe that's a bad joke to make for the vampire. Nerd. Okay, anyway, moving on. Um, I love it. <laughs> so Damon has gotten out of the house. He is loose on the town, and he uh this is a bad day for Damon to be loose. Yeah, can we talk about the fact that my poor guy not only is hallucinating bad enough, hallucinating at a festival where everybody is dressed up like the time period he is hallucinating in, my guy is doomed. It's like just his luck. And he wanders upon a hallucination of Catherine and she's just like caressing a stone monument, looking around guilelessly. And thank God in comes Jeremy and he's like, Damon, oh my God. And Jeremy's going to get him to safety. Um, meanwhile, Liz has brought Elena, the only person that she feels she can strong arm around. That's because she is the only person she can strong arm. She is the only (laughs) person. One of Liz's deputies is Gossip Girl and comes in and is like, spotted Damon Salvatore at the grill looking for a bite. 
And yeah. Liz is like, oh, okay, I'll go there then. And Elena's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. And like, can we talk about how quickly we go from this scene where she's trying to warn her and she leaves to what the fuck happens in the next scene? Because I was taking yeah. notes, looked up and was like, holy fucking shit, that just happened. And so fast. Like, you would expect some lead up to this moment, but it's quite literally like, Elena's like, you know, I understand you hate them, but like, they're wrong. Like, she's trying to warn her, like, Damon's not in his right mind. We cut to Liz leaving, and then immediately we're at the grill, and Liz is there, sees Damon in front of Jeremy, which I will talk about in a minute, shoots at Damon, and Damon vamps out of the way, and she shoots Jeremy. In the chest straight on i don't know how much any of you know about guns here's the deal even if damon wasn't a vampire and was just the person she was trying to shoot this isn't the movies we don't just shoot at people in front of other people because that is how the movies would say not a clean shot you know why? Because bullets can go through people into other things. Also, you can fucking miss and hit the fucking teenager behind him, Miss Police exactly. Officer. I think that she didn't see him at all. Well, that she's still a bad She didn't clear the area. True that. <laughs> um, this is like some Greek tragedy shit, this, this mistake. Yeah. Um, I personally would have been a really big fan of them killing Jeremy in this episode. Right. I think it would have been an amazing loss for the show uh, and an, an another blow to Elena. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's what you do with your protagonists. You you chase them up a tree, you throw stones at them. <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, and also the moment that, like, I think it's, it's explained to us, but if you've been paying attention, the ring's not going to work. Right. This is a human is being human. using a gun. Yeah. Like, this is not some supernatural yeah. nonsense. Later, when uh, Caroline, like, when they do find out that Jeremy's okay, Liz is like, oh my god, I thought I killed him. And I love Caroline yeah. saying, you did. Yeah. And I think that that should have sat with her more. Yes. And I think if it had been the end... And if they hadn't been able to, because they try several things. Caroline tries to feed Jeremy his blood, like her blood, and it's not working. And of course, Bonnie does her magic later. But if Jeremy had died here, I just want to make a strong case for this. It should have happened, I think, because this could have changed Liz's understanding of like, people who are not all bad and not all good can do things that are all bad or all good. Yeah. And in this case... She fucked up severely in her hatred and her haste to kill vampires and killed an innocent life. Yeah. I just think it would have been a really good loss to the show. I I, I would have been a huge fan of Jeremy dying here. Sorry. Sorry to everyone who loves Jeremy. (laughs) It's fine. We had to kill him at some point. Yeah, right? (laughs) So back in the sheriff's office, you can't keep a true Gryffindor down. Elena throws. (laughs) A chair through the window. Which, okay. So, I have a couple questions. One, I was able to be like, it's fine, whatever, old building, probably not like three pane, two pane glass. She could probably do it, fine. Also, I was yeah. like, where is that cop that was outside of the room? And then remembered that Liz radioed that there had been a shooting, her shooting. And so, yes. I was like, okay, they're a little preoccupied. 
But also, if that is the case, couldn't she have just gone through? Oh, maybe, like, the front door would have been, like, there would have been more cops and things like that. But still. Yeah, still. Also, I'm like, are you really going to climb out of, like, a jagged glass window? Yes. I guess so. She's just... <laughs> the answer is yes. <laughs> yeah. So switching back over to Alaric's apartment. Uh, it feels weird to keep calling it Alaric's apartment when yeah. it's just it's just Klaus's apartment now. Yeah. It belongs to him. Um, so Klaus is pouring more blood into a bottle. Uh, and he says, you know, I'll do this for you in exchange for a decade long bender. And here's why I would be fine with that. If Stefan comes back in 10 years, Elena will be 27. And her brain will have fully developed. A much more appropriate brain. (laughs) And she'll be in a way better position to decide if she wants to be the girlfriend of a vampire and live this insanity forever. True. That does require a lot of killing. (laughs) Ah, he can handle it. You know, what's a village here or there? You know, the earth is overpopulated. I'm on board. Sorry. (laughs) Anyway, I'm I'm just I'm just fully on Klaus's side. Is it weird that I'm immediately on Klaus's side? I just want to see Klaus and Stefan together. Yeah. There's an issue when it comes to Klaus where our objectivity immediately goes to the window because like look how fun he is. He came into our show and blew everything up and is so exciting to watch. Yes, exactly. Klaus really did get the Catherine treatment. Like the slow reveal and the amazing acting. Like Joseph Morgan was perfect for this fucking role. I just so good at it. He just balances the like menace with that like playful glee and it's not even it's not like childish in the same way that like damon was it's in like a i know i'm strong enough and smart enough because it's like it is that like intellect too that like planning on planning on planning where it's like i know what my next moves are like and feeling confident enough in your plan so that when it works like the moment that he pushes the blood bag to Stefan and he's like Mm. drink more and he does because he's like we need to make a deal like if you want this deal like you're gonna do this and Stefan does drink and Joseph uh, Joseph and Klaus (laughs) smiles and it's this moment of like yep yep I'm gonna get exactly what I want out of this which is Stefan and we fawn (laughs) (laughs) which is Stefan for reasons yeah And I also love when Klaus slides that blood bag. It's very typical of, like, a scene of, like, a bartender sliding a drink down the bar. And again, it's that parallel that they're making here that Stefan's a bloodaholic. I thought we dealt with this already, but I guess not. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're about to fully nosedive into this. Um, But again, there's a moment of Catherine looking on. Yeah. In this kind of, like, ooh, this is gonna be bad. Yeah. Speaking of bad. We go to the house of a hundred witches and Alaric sets Jeremy's body down. Bonnie says the witches are angry at me for coming back. They say there will be consequences. And I'm like, hey, remember what last time the witches said there would be consequences? Remember that? And you were like, it's fine. Yeah. Also, Alaric kind of sidesteps that part and he's just like, tell them he's a kid and to fuck off. And it's like... Okay, well, maybe the consequences won't... Okay, they're not necessarily going to affect you, Alaric. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So Bonnie is the shit out of Jeremy's dead body. And she calls out to Emily. And she's so good in this she scene. She is. Cat Graham kills it she's so in these good. two episodes. Fucking kills it. Oh, oh. Kills me. And just the, like, the, like, digging deep down. This, like, begging for Jeremy's yes. life. 
And then, like, the spell ends, and she doesn't think that it worked. And it's just... Yeah. She's also got blood coming down that mixes with her teeth in this, like, really gruesome... It's just, like, it's so, uh, like, visceral. And she cries out specifically to Emily, and she's, she's like, Emily, I love him. Yeah. And you know that Emily gets that because she had a thing for Jeremy's ancestor. Yeah. And also, like, I think that there's something cool about the fact that Bonnie gets to be like in these moments of like her deep magic gets to be like messy in a way that like only really our male characters get to be yeah where it's like it is the like blood and the teeth and that like guttural just kind of like i need this yeah it's just so fucking cool to see and i wish we got more of it oh that gave me chills while you described that fuck yes oh but then she looks down and Jeremy, what happened? oh, our houseplant, Jeremy, the houseplant that won't die. Oh boy, he's comes back. Long gone. <laughs> I okay, just to say, I am the proud mother of like at least five plants now, and they're all doing fine. Yeah, and some of them are huge. They're like, huge. Honestly, got some they've gotten too big. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So just so you all don't think Nikki is a is a black thumb, she's a green thumb. We're working on it. The, the key is to not name them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't name them. That's bad luck. <laughs> so we go back to the Gone with the Wind screening where um, there's this beautiful shot where Nina Dobrev is framed in front of the um, the screen. And it's like, it's the scene yeah. where Atlanta is burning that Caroline described earlier. And the flames are just like perfectly behind Elena looking for Damon. It reminds me of the the season one finale. Beautiful. And in the and it's in the same exact location, pretty much. Elena finds Damon and she's like, come with me. And he says, where are we going? And in we switch to his hallucination. And Catherine says, everywhere. And she's like running through the woods with him. And it's it's kind of ironic, Nikki. I yeah. don't know if you've noticed that, that that in all the flashbacks. Catherine flirting is just her being chased by some guy. <laughs> Every single one. Yeah, because she's, it's the cat and mouse thing of she's just like, I want you to follow me. I want you to want me. And the irony of her having run from Klaus for 500 years. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's just, I thought that was funny. It's almost like a game or a complex. Damon in this hallucination is human and is asking Catherine, he's like, I, you know, turn me I want to be with you forever and she says I'm not going to feed you my blood if you want it take it and she takes out a hairpin and sticks her neck in this really elegant way it's such a fucking cool vampire moment I'm I'm oh. so into it <laughs> same same and it reminds me I was like oh yeah he always said I drank from her willingly yeah and this is we're seeing it we're seeing that moment that memory and of course Damon is actually enacting this in real life and he is instead biting Elena. Yeah. And, and she's like, you're hurting me. And he kind of comes to and he falls to the ground and he's all sweaty and she, but she gets it. Like she, she knows cause she saw Rose go through this Yeah, and she still just like covers up her neck and yeah. sucks it up and helps and him again, out. And again, you are in a civil war era thing and you look exactly like the girl he's hallucinating about. So like maybe we can cut David a break this time. You know? Yeah. Like, you know? And like as he does fall like when he does snap too, he like says her name because he realizes that it yes. is Elena. Yes. And she's like, we need to go. And also I have some real questions about um 
vampires biting people's necks and yeah. the proximity to the the arteries there and um Ooh. if elena just gets like bit casually in the neck is that like she acts like it's like not a big deal but also Ooh. like wouldn't wouldn't we isn't just that gush like, blood much, yeah, like I yep. guess maybe it's like a you can bite without killing situation. Yeah, no, there there's a lot of just like anatomy confused. Science has no place here, Nikki. All right. <laughs> uh, so over at the grill, Caroline is delivering the news to her mom that Jeremy's alive. This is that moment that we talked about earlier, and Caroline says, "You know, I explained all this to you once, but I had to make you forget." And she says, "I'm tired of that. Like, I don't want to lie. I'm tired of being afraid of you." And I don't want you to be afraid of me. And she says, like, I'm still your little girl. Yes. And and Liz just kind of, like, breaks down. And I think it could have been really, again, more impactful this moment for Liz to realize that she killed a kid and doesn't want to kill her own kid. Like, yeah. I just think that would have been so much more impactful and more of a reason for her to forgive Caroline. Even if it stayed the same where Jeremy stayed alive, that moment of, like, you did kill him, if that had stayed with yes. her longer you know like if because like when she yes. left it was kind of like yeah. a oh like there's a hope kind of chance thing if it had been like a jeremy is dead moment and she had to be fucking living in that moment of i killed a fucking kid it would have earned the change that yeah. we see and that right. we wanted from her but right, like we got to we have don't really it get that because of the fucking plot armor which i i wish wasn't here for jeremy yeah i, I don't know yeah anyway speaking of jeremy Jeremy is binging back from the dead. This kid and his fucking Google search, or his Bing searches, I just, I just don't, you know so much more than you used to know, and we are in the same place as season one. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck are we doing? You don't think you could go into any of the grimoires that Bonnie has and look it up there? Gilbert journals, even? Yeah, lots of things. But I, I do relate to this weird moment of, like, having a big existential question, and then you're just, like, Googling, how do I feel happy? Just Googling it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I get it. <laughs> but then Bonnie comes up on an unrealistically uh, non-pixelated Skype call. Yeah. In, like, two th- early 2010s. Yeah, okay. He's like, I feel weird. And she's like, you, you came back from the dead. It'd be weird if you felt normal. Fair. But also, magic shit and consequences, maybe we pay more attention to that. Maybe but, no okay. one leave him alone. Just a thought. Yeah, I mean, Alark does a good job of not leaving him alone. He also doesn't wake up when he just straight up is like, Alark? <laughs> but, you know, you it's know, fine. Alark's exhausted. He's had a day. But Bonnie <sighs> says, it's okay. You can you can thank me tomorrow. And the day after that. And the day after that. And they say goodbye. And Alark comes in and he teases Jeremy about it. He's like, because at first he's going to leave. And in a really good moment of reading, like, apathetic, I don't care, teenage male Alaric is like, actually, maybe I'll stay. He's like, yeah, cool, whatever. Good on Alaric. But then he he teases him where he's like, yeah. it's okay. You can thank me tomorrow and the day after that and the day after that. And <laughs> it's like a really good moment. It really is. <laughs> um. Oh, also, Nikki, just a thought. Um. Are Jenna's professors going to notice that she's missing? She was in the middle of a thesis. She's gone now. Well, they had a straight up funeral. So I'd assume they would have made some sort of she got eaten by a bear animal attack esque. Okay. You know. Solid. She died. I'll moment. bet Damon dealt with that. Maybe it is off time from having hallucinations of the past. Dying. So, um. Speaking of. Going to Damon's room. Uh, Elena is really just beautifully holding space for Damon because he's in so much pain. 
Um, and he has this realization we talked about yeah. earlier where, like, he's like, I've always blamed Stefan. No one forced me to love her. It was my own choice. I made the wrong choice. And I'm just like, you live, you yeah. learn, man. Don't beat up on yourself. Yeah. It's okay to fall for yeah. a charismatic stranger. You're young. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. She's hot. We all have Get these it. things. We all, we could, we all, could all fall, fall for, for Catherine. Catherine Pierce. It's fine. You didn't make the wrong decision. Yeah. It's, it, you couldn't have known. I don't know. You were like 18. Yeah. Give yourself a fucking break. But also, I love this moment where he says, you know, tell Stefan I'm sorry. Yeah. And it's not Elena being like, you can tell him yourself. Like, it's, right. you're going to be okay. She's right. just hugging him and saying, I will. Oh. So, back to what is now Klaus's apartment officially. <laughs> Stefan's eaten a million strawberry go-go squeezes. That's um, a lot of blood, Steffi. And uh, he's like, no more. His jaw does something different when he's dipping into Ripperville, where it's like, it's so much more like animalistic. It's so Yes, cool. he's even down on the ground, like crouched. Yeah. I love it. And I hate it. Ooh. And Klaus is watching him with fascination. But Klaus is like, so excited to be watching this. Yeah. And um, he walks over to Catherine when he's finally convinced and he compels her to take the cure to Damon and to come right back. And she says, you want me to leave? And he says, yes. And if I were you, gone. she's gone. And I'd Stefan hurry. has this moment of like panic and despair where he's like, she's never going to take it to him. And Klaus just kind of shrugs. Yeah. Not his problem. Yep. He's got what he wants now. He must know that Stefan is at this point of like what he thinks is the point of no return. I also um, do wonder if he thinks, I don't, yeah, I think it is, because, like, I don't think he gives a shit if Damon lives. I think it is genuinely, no, like, it doesn't actually matter if Catherine brings that to him. But it is, yeah. like, a have fulfilled enough of this bargain. And, yeah, like, you have reached enough of a point where I can work with this. Exactly. Exactly. He must see something in him that's breaking. Um, yeah. Which sucks, because Stefan was doing so well building up, like, a tolerance to blood with, like, Elena and, yeah. like, a little bit every day. He was drinking blood butt bags, no problem. Like, he was really moderate. His, his statement earlier of, like, like I'm not that anymore. Like, yeah. <sighs> and, like, maybe he could have handled one blood bag, but we're on, right. like, six. Right, exactly. It's, it's like a power is now coursing through his veins that's almost, like, I feel like alcohol is not the right uh metaphor for this it's more like cocaine no. for him like he's like oh, i could do yeah. anything oh you know like very high strong yeah. almost um yeah but anyway right. we'll talk more about that later mm -hmm. because right now we have to go to a scene that i bet a lot of it's probably got millions and millions of views on youtube this scene i wrote down like every word of this scene has my notes because i was like i don't know what else to say other than to just quote these motherfuckers and what they're saying i do i do love that damon reaches a point of like I deserve this. I deserve to die. Because you yeah. know what? Caroline and Vicky and so many other women that he's done shit to would agree. Yeah. So he does realize, I think, maybe he has, like, a little bit of humility now that he's on his deathbed. And I think, like you said, like, the hallucinations, I think, remind him of his humanity, especially in this very mortal state of, like... I am going to die. And, like, I have done this yes. to so many people. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And that he had that choice in a way with Catherine. She yeah. didn't compel him to drink her blood. She didn't compel shit from him. 
he chose it of his own volition and he has not allowed a lot of women including andy to choose this of their own volition yeah and in this moment too when he's thinking about because he says i deserve this and says no you don't and he says i do it's okay and then he is thinking about his choices again and he says if i had chosen differently i wouldn't have met you Mm. and also in this moment elena forgives him I think it is, like, a, a cathartic moment of getting it all out there. Like, he says, I know you love Stefan, and it'll always be Stefan, but I love yeah. you. You should know that. She says, I do. And then he says, you should have met me in 1864. You would have liked me. <laughs> Which is probably true. Yeah, and and I love this moment of acceptance from her to him, where she says, I like you now, just the way you are. Um, and she gives him, like, a goodbye kiss. That's really what it is. And then... <laughs> Do you have a hard time enjoying this scene knowing Catherine is watching them? Yeah. Because I now haven't... Like, like the first time I watched this, I was like, 100%, this is wild. Yep. And now watching it, I'm like, this is so awkward knowing Catherine can hear all of this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but she has my favorite line of the scene, to be honest, where oh. Elena is like, where's Stefan? And Catherine goes, are you sure you care? <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, I just love her being a bitch in all the yeah. moments that she gets also, to she be. fucking hates Elena. <laughs> she like, does. Of course she hates Elena. Yeah. And also, like, there is this interesting moment where, like, Catherine does still have history with Damon. In yes. a way that In a way that she also does with Stefan. Like, where mm-hmm. she was looking at Stefan as he was becoming this monster. Yeah. She doesn't want Damon to die. Like, in the no. last episode when she's like, this is goodbye. Like. Yeah. So when he says, you got free and you still came here. Yeah. And she says, I owed you one. But that's not why. Like, it wasn't a thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because Catherine doesn't feel like she owes anyone shit. No, because she always prioritizes herself. That's right. And so there's something about this that keeping Damon alive is for her in some way. Yeah. Just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And she does tell Elena where Stefan is. Yeah. She says that he was making a deal with Klaus and he was paying for this. Yep. And he sacrificed everything, including you. Mm-hmm. And as she's leaving, she turns and says to Elena, it's okay to love them both. I did. And then leaves. And then Damon and Elena are just there looking at each other. Yeah, because Damon's starting to feel better. And he's like, ooh, this is going to be like the other time we I thought we kissed. But this time we did kiss. And now I'm not actually dead. And we said some real heartfelt things. And now I have to live with the fact that we said these really heartfelt things. Yeah. Whoops. Whoops. <laughs> thought I was about to die. Awkward. Also, if I could just get, like, Elena and Catherine... Having, like, a genuine no-bullshit conversation about the fact that they do actually both love these two men. Yeah. I would pay to see that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, we go to an undisclosed area where there are lots of storage units. And in one of these storage units, there's lots of coffins. And we see Hmm. Klaus putting elijah weird that they were just in mystic falls it's almost like elijah could have found them very quickly almost like he could have killed klaus and still found them yeah it could have just walked through the whole town and found him in like a couple days all right cool. he could have just asked some questions some good old-fashioned detective looked at some like know? receipts i'm sure klaus had to pay some people or like at least compel them he could have asked around grab one of klaus's henchmen Hey, Kicked where the could... shit out of them. Yeah. Tortured like, them. Or, or like, got the information. Asked Bonnie for like a scrying on like, you know, his family members. Maybe use some of his blood. Maybe that would have worked. I don't know. Just wondering. 
We have ideas. It's fine. So Klaus says to himself, you have been reunited with our family. And we and it's funny, I was watching this with my roommate who's never seen The Vampire Diaries, and she was like, oh shit, is his family just like in there? And I was like, oh yeah, that's uh, that's weird to you, huh? <laughs> I'm so <familiar laughs> Oh yeah, this is like, this is like the most normal thing that's yeah. happened. <laughs> <laughs> and Stefan says, I don't think you'll be seeing Catherine again. And Klaus says, why? Because she's on Vervain. And Stefan's like, what? And we're all like, what? And Klaus is like, yeah, I've been around a really long time. He doesn't get played for a fool very often. Hell yeah. This is why we fucking love Klaus. It is. He's one step ahead and he's smart and he's a good fucking villain. Yes, he is. And it's interesting because Stefan asked the question that we're all wondering, which is, what do you want from me? I'd love to know. We, we would all love to know. Does he want a friend? Does he want a little friend? A special friend? <laughs> a special friend. Stefan has this great moment where he says, are we done? Can we go? And I, I see him still under there where he's, like, trying to get Klaus away from Mystic Falls where Elena and everyone he yes. cares about is. He hasn't fully switched to Ripper. And we can see that in, like, even the way, you know, Klaus brings out this girl and he bites her and he says, you know, a real Ripper enjoys the hunt. And we see Stefan, you know, stop this girl. But there is this moment when you can see his jaw again, like hesitate it's like he goes to bite her and then stops for a second and then does bite her where it is this little moment of like he's not mindless yet yes and i just want to say i mean dream role getting to be bitten by paul wesley and joseph i was thinking that like this girl has like a great fucking scene where she just like gets to like be in this cool moment like that's so cool (laughs) stefan looks up from I guess having drunk her blood till her the point of her death, probably. Very quickly. And he looks up and he's fucking changed. You can see it. You can so see it. And it's good special effects. Like it's not um it's not cringy. I don't think it's aged poorly at all. Like these veins in his eyes. I thought that earlier with Klaus's eyes, they look really fucking cool. Like yeah. the vampire werewolf eyes. Yeah, like the yellow. Yeah. But there is something in Stefan's face at the end where it is this like blood bags are one thing. This is a human being you just killed. Yes. And I think that's also I think that's also part of the the, the trigger for his ripper side it's like it's yeah it's like we saw that with the girl from miss mystic falls like That's it's right. this conflict within him of like it is enjoying the hunt and it's like yes. this guilt mixed up with this like predatory nature yes. that like there's something in that like mix of the two that like makes him the way he is yeah and it's like ultimate power. It's it's like being God. You get to just like decide if someone gets to live or die. Whew. So, speaking of people dying. We go to the Gilbert house. So there are a lot of scenes throughout the Vampire Diaries where we've seen Elena wake up at home, feel super weird and haunty, supernatural vibes in the house, and then get up and walk around and go, hello, Jenna. Never a good sign. The lights are always <laughs> The lights are always on in the Gilbert house. And I like these two teenage kids. I don't understand how they're going to be paying these bills without jobs. I guess that they probably have like trust funds or something. But like, you can't keep leaving the lights on, kids. Those bills are going to skyrocket. It's just beautiful to see where you're at in your life. <laughs> Do a little glimpse. Homeownership is expensive, is all I'm saying. And they don't even probably have a mortgage because I'm assuming that their dad was like really rich. But anyway. 
super rich doctor. They probably, yeah. like, don't, like, they own the house. Whatever. I thought a lot about that today, yeah. where I was like, are these two teenage kids gonna be able to afford this house? And then I was like, well, they probably don't have this, but, like, they probably have, like, you know, other expenses, and See, I went on the whole fucking that's thing. that's why I think that they haven't told anyone that Jenna died, because why isn't child services getting involved? Elena's still 17. Great point. Same reason, yeah, probably, like, the same thing as, like, Matt, where they're like, we just don't say anything. yeah. I just have this feeling that they they are completely not telling yeah. anyone. Like, th- there's no Child Protective Services conversations yeah. at all. Yeah. Alaric is just going to take care of these kids. Yeah. It's, I don't know. Anyway, so Jeremy yep. wakes up. <laughs> anyway, not the point of the scene. We care a lot about things that matter in real life. This is what happens when you rewatch this as an adult. <laughs> you think a lot more about the, like, the fact that they're how minors? are these children paying for this house? <laughs> CPS. <laughs> There's this amazing shot of Kayla Yule, who plays Vicky, walking down the stairs right behind Stephen R. McQueen, who plays Jeremy. It's it's and they're beautifully in sync. In sync. And it is one of it is one of the creepiest things I think I've seen on this show. Truly. Like it's because because it's, it's not um a jump scare. It's not like gruesome. It's that weird, eerie thing we've maybe all felt at one point or another, where it's like, I feel like I'm being watched, but I'm alone. It's also this, like, I think for me, because Jeremy at the end of the scene sees them, it's this, has she always been there? While he's been, like, binging things and masturbating at night? (laughs) Probably. Yeah. So Jeremy is being followed. He goes downstairs. Vicky is behind him and says, Jer. He turns around and she's gone. He turns back and Anna is there. And then he turns around again and Vicky is also there. And that is the end of season two. What the fuck? Consequences, man. Consequences. (laughs) Also, those ghosts, petty. Fucking petty. They're like, oh yeah, buddy, you want him back? (laughs) Here are his (laughs) ex-girlfriends. That is some high school bullshit from those witches. From those dead fucking witches. Because he's not like haunted by his parents he's not being haunted by jenna he's not being haunted by any responsible adults <laughs> not even by like emily or like anybody that's like been killed by like this whole nonsense you know like a yeah. like an ancestor right <gasps> that would be so cool i know if it was jonathan gill oh missed opportunities man <laughs> but okay nikki who are you taking and who are you staking from this finale? This was a hard one. Similar to last episode where I was like, I just loved everybody and everyone yeah. was like doing their part and being themselves. Um, but I'm going to take Bonnie for saving mm. the day yet again, mm-hmm. where she found out that Klaus was the cure. And also like, even if there are consequences twice and like, even if she is using these witches as like, this person of like needing these things like really kind of you know she does understand like consequences and that they could be fucking with her but like she digs deep and like fights for jeremy in this beautiful way and i think that that scene just like earns it in my eyes um i love that i love that who are you staking oh liz uh liz at first i was like i can't stake of anybody i can't think of anyone to stake and I, as much as I do love Liz and Caroline's hug, because I'm like, oh, thank God we're over this, like, 
she's mad at her situation and doesn't know things, whatever. What the actual fuck about this cop <laughs> shooting a teenage boy? Yeah. No consequences for Liz. Not saying it's unrealistic because here's the shit. True. Yeah, also not unrealistic <laughs> that there are no consequences. But I'm besides the point on that one. I'm just saying that Liz w- should not have taken that fucking shot. And yes. she is 100% responsible Fair. for Jeremy dying. Yeah. And it's because she felt threatened about her job getting taken away. Yeah. It's not like she was like, oh, he's gonna hurt Jeremy. It's, right. I need to get yep. him. He is a vampire. I need to show results to the man. Completely driven by Karen's fucking standards. Bridget, who are you taking and who are you staking? I'm taking Catherine. I think it's really cool that she brought the cure to David when she didn't have to. I, yeah, I think Catherine's phenomenal. I agree. I know it's, <laughs> she's a very gray character, but I also love that they show... Yeah. That she is kind of like, I don't want to say like that she's honoring Damon's consent, but she's at least not non-consenty with him. Yeah. She's at least like not one dimension. <laughs> she has no dimensions. <laughs> like her driving characteristic is that she is self, like, you know, will save herself at all costs. And it's huge because earlier in this season, she had given that dagger to Damon knowing that he would die if he used it. And she made the point to tell him, I don't really give a fuck if you're going to die. And she really hurt him yet again. Mm-hmm. And now she shows up and saves his life. And I just, I'm I'm taking her for that. I don't know where I'm taking her. She can go wherever the fuck she wants, in my opinion. I love her. And she will. <laughs> and I'm staking this plot device to get Stefan to leave. I wish it was more... Yeah. I hate to say this, but like emotionally driven, it felt very plot-like mm. and I didn't understand the things that were involved enough. Like, yes, he has to save his brother. But as soon as that happens and the cure is out the door and he knows that he might lose Damon, he's still there with Klaus. It should have been like a compulsion situation of like or you can't something. Leave, or some sort of threatened something. Where like even at the like at the warehouse, like I guess it could it should at least be like some moment of him it should have been like more recognized that like he can't leave because then klaus will go after everybody right and like there's that thinks that elena's dead and this and that but yes. like that's not explained no it's not and all, or like shown. i think they could have gone farther with klaus's motives too instead of just yeah. be, being like he's the big bad guy he's gonna take stefan away from our show it's like yeah. why why which is, like, Why? kind of implied that will be explained next season, but some hinting right. of it would have been Much stronger. It would have been more intriguing. Yeah. Instead of just, he's bad and wants Stefan to be bad. Yeah. You know? Just this, like, oh, I've mm. heard of this Ripper, and, like, wouldn't that be fun to have him tag along? Like... Yeah. I want a wingman. Okay. Hmm. Mm. They should have kissed. <laughs> yeah. I fucking think so. <laughs> Bridget! What is our word of the day? Well, I'm so glad you asked. The word of the day is, oh God, I'm going to mispronounce this. Oh, fuck. Sinecure. Sinecure is spelled S-I-N-E, like sign in uh, math. And then cure, C-U-R-E. Interesting. Okay. Sinecure is a noun and it refers to a usually paid job or position that requires little to no work. All right, Nikki, what's your sentence? These people visiting the Civil War era event for sure, took this sinecure from Karen. <laughs> that is amazing. What is your sentence? If only Klaus wanted Stefan to be his golf caddy or some other sinecure, 
but instead i believe the position of klaus's wingman will cost stefan a lot and not pay him very much in return love it <laughs> oh my goodness that is all for as i lay dying i have been your host bridget and i've been your guest host nikki thanks for joining us and tune in next time to find out if we have any bonus episodes for you over the summer before we return in september for our rewatch of season three of the vampire diaries dear diary you're not dying today Dear Diary, take all the time you need. Dear Diary, Emily, I know you're there. Please help me. I love him. Dear Diary, movie night is supposed to be a distraction. Tomorrow we can return to our regularly scheduled drama. Dear Diary, you want your cure? There it is.